Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Talking pigskin on NFL, cause football is really swell. NFL's great and there is no debate, he's gonna talk right now. Hi and hello football fans, it's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 106 of the Dave Damashek Football Program. Available, as always, on iTunes and at NFL.com slash Sheck, S-H-E-K. Subscribe, won't you? Comment, and so on. Black Tie might even read your comment here on the podcast. We'll see if Black Tie gets to that. He's busy toiling behind the glass as we speak here. Much to get into. Let's do it right now with our pal from NFL.com and from NFL Fantasy Live. It's Adam Rank. What's the poop, fellow? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you uh, putting me on the show. Do have a question for you, though. Right out of the gate, you have a uh, question Right out of the gate, yeah. Uh, yeah. What was going on? Where were all the fans last night in Pittsburgh? I no longer want to hear that Los Angeles is not a good sports town after what I saw last night You didn't hear from that Pittsburgh. from me. You, didn't, you never heard I'm me not, say I'm that. I'm not putting oh, that right. on you specifically. Oh, all right, all right. But I'm saying that people not showing up because there's bad games or there's bad weather is mm-hmm. something that affects so many other sports towns, not just Los Angeles. I understand we have a problem with it, too. But... We are not the only ones. All right. That was that was a shame, but it was rainy, and it was the Chiefs, and it was an embarrassment. Listen, it was already a loss for the Steelers the second the Chiefs got in the end zone and took their first lead in regulation of the season. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be against it, you. It didn't make a difference from that point forward. It was already an embarrassing night <laughs> for uh, anyone who roots for the Steelers. Beyond that, they got down double digits. They were they, they didn't just get a the, the Chiefs weren't just in the lead for the first time. They were up 10 points on the Steelers. And let me start I know this is bad, but But let did me you just, ever at some point go we might lose this game because nobody else thought that absolutely and in fact we're going to be talking here to uh to the around the league guys and i was talking to dan hanzus in the nfl network newsroom last night and i said i hate games like this when no one 
I, I don't mean 99%. I mean 100% of people picked the Steelers. No one gave the Chiefs a chance. And in the NFL, that is always a terrible spot to be in. You never want to be the one, nobody, this game's, a, this game's a walkover. There's no way they lose this game. That's where you have to be nervous. And I was nervous before the kickoff. And when they went down like that and Isaac Redman drops the ball, suddenly they're down 10 points on a rainy night. Yes, absolutely. I was scared. Then Byron Leftwich runs onto the field. Mm-hmm. But going back to front, I have to admit this. Uh, you know, I, I I do not hide the fact that I'm a uh, Pittsburgh Steelers fan. What? But I, I have I hate to admit something. In overtime, mm-hmm. my fantasy football team was trailing by four. I was playing the Dutch Mook last night in my uh, league of record, and uh, I'm not going to like this, am I? When Lawrence Timmons intercepted that ball for the Steelers and ran it down to the three, I was a little upset because if he goes into the end zone. I win my fantasy game, so, oh. so I was a little bit disappointed. That's fine. I actually had a little conflict of reality, like, oh, well, the good news is that the Steelers are going to survive with Byron Leftwich at quarterback in a game that would have been a bad loss for them to take there in the playoff race against the lowly Chiefs. To yeah. add that with the, a loss at the Raiders and the loss at the Titans, this would be bad. But I, I can't help. I have to concede that I was a little bit sad. No, 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 no. That's fine. If you would have, let's say you uh, had Ryan Suckup as your kicker or something, and you were hoping that the Chiefs were going to go down and score yeah. a field goal, that's bad. That crosses you, the line. You You're rooting right. for your team to score? No, that's that's completely legitimate. And it's funny that you bring that up, too, is that every time, you know, we do a little show, Dave, you and I, uh, it's called NFL Fantasy Live, and it's always that thing and when we're doing this, and you see it, you know, because we're projecting things, and every time... Every time somebody's like, oh, Steelers, I, I think they're going to score 80 points tonight. And I, was, I always think, like, there's no way that happens. Yeah, well, and I wish I wish I would be more vocal about, like, uh, no, the, the Chiefs might actually beat them. Or just some, you know, it, it's just so funny because every time it's so overwhelming. And it always, you know, I just never feel like it's going to work out how it's going to work. True, true. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, as a matter of fact. I knew people were like, oh, the Steelers are going to slaughter them. I was, I was legitimately nervous. The other big story, I was in Philadelphia um, over the weekend for the Dallas When do they Eagles put up your game. cars.com pieces? That goes up on uh, Thursdays on NFL.com. Be on the lookout for that. I, in, I, I investigated their green initiative. You know, people talk about the jails and stuff that the stadium used they to have. They still have. Do they have one in the new one? No. They don't, oh. or at least they, they, they say they don't have it. Maybe they, they they're don't not publicize proud of it. it. Yeah. But they're green initiative, so I went around and looked at composting and such. But I also watched some football, too. That is not true. That was before the game. I did that. But, I, but me, during the game, I watched that. But, can you know, I ask you a question about that, though? Well, let me just say one thing, though, about the, because the headline of that game is that the Cowboys pulled that one out. Romo got the better of Vic and then Foles, and everybody was looking forward to Foles and so much news about these replacements. I mean, about the uh, backup QBs, and we're going to yap about that with uh, our pal Daniel Jeremiah here in just a second. The takeaway, though, for me is you look at all of a sudden the Cowboys season is over. They're doomed. Jerry Jones is, you know, what's he, what, what are they going to do with Tony Romo? Does uh, Jones need to step aside? Jason Garrett, is he in trouble? Are they going to get Sean Payton? All that jazz. All of a sudden the Cowboys win that game, and you look at it and you say, well, they win next week at home against the lowly Browns. Mm-hmm. 
and their game back of the Giants. And if Des Bryant's fingertips don't touch the out of bounds line against the Giants two weeks ago, they're in first place because they've won they've won head to head matchups with the Giants twice. And so they would have ruled the NFC East. I mean, they're right, right. in the middle of it. They have three home games now, so it's fascinating how quickly uh, the fortunes can change here. And for that, you know, like I say, with that, the Steelers' fortunes now in jeopardy with Ben Roethlisberger possibly mm-hmm. on the shelf for the big game against the Ravens. At home. What was your uh, comment about the Cowboys? No, not, I, I, I wasn't. Gonna, you know, now I feel bad about the comment I was going to make. I was going to ask you about your wardrobe. But you know what? You're talking straight up football. We should just move on. Uh, well, I just what? wonder. No, Can I'll I say, tell you something? Let me admit. Let me address it. Let me address the way I dress. I saw some photographs from it. Uh-huh. I've seen it, and I'm the first one to, uh, to say I look slovenly. <laughs> I look disheveled. I looked unpressed I you know I feel bad I I, you know what thank you I would like to make a public apology to Kamish Goodell on down I realize that it's not just about me I represent the powerful NFL and I shamed it with my outfit this weekend and (laughs) ongoing but then again my pot belly is you know what they made their bed I didn't make this I you know I didn't make this problem they made the problem by bringing me in here in the first place really who do they have the is it really on me or is it on Kamish Goodell and company for allowing a schnook like me to do this thing you know right well they didn't know you were gonna you know take the profits and eat them I'm proud to say I did not eat a cheesesteak in Philadelphia. How about that? How many pretzels? Black and gold. None. I didn't. I really? Didn't. That's the, that's what I heard the best part of Philadelphia. Promanthes over cheesesteaks. That's what I say. All right. Now, let's talk about a guy. Let's talk to a guy who we've really enjoyed here. He's one of the newcomers in the 2012 NFL season here. He came into the NFL Network, NFL.com. You yeah, see him on the Thursday night football coverage along with Matt Money Smith, Elliot Harrison, everybody else. It's a cool feature online if you're watching the Thursday night game. Just sit there with your laptop. Even mm-hmm. if you're watching it on the network, sit along with them. These guys commenting on it. A guy or if who you're really, at work and can't see the game, another good, another good way to do it. Yes, a guy who uh, who knows his stuff. Uh, a former scout with the Eagles and uh, and others also played QB at Appalachian State. No, not in that big game against uh, against Michigan, but still a man who knows what he's talking about when it comes to scouting NFL players, especially the QBs. It's Daniel Jeremiah. What's the poop, fella? Dave, I got to be honest with you, man. I was. Uh, last night watching that game, I was really nervous about coming on this podcast today because <laughs> nobody, you know, some people know my dad, my father is a, is a minister, right? He's a pastor. He's on the radio all over the country. Last night or yesterday afternoon, he was in Pittsburgh. He spoke, he did the chapel service for the Steelers on a game where Ben Roethlisberger gets hurt <laughs> and they almost lose to the Kansas City Chiefs. I didn't know if I'd be welcome in your presence ever again if they didn't pull out and win that game. Well, I didn't know that, but uh, now that you've shed some light on it, no, you're not. Goodbye. Forever. (laughs) Hang up on him, Black Tide. No. Uh, well, I, I'm not going to pin this one on him. You know what is interesting, though, Jeremiah, is that uh, the, the Steel Curtain defense, back in the 70s when they named that thing, it's funny, it was a little boy who did, I think he was like a 10-year-old kid at the time, named, you know, it was a newspaper thing, and somebody wrote into the Pittsburgh Press or the Post-Gazette, wrote in, um, Steel Curtain, pitched that name, they chose it. That guy went on to be... I think a minister. Oh. <laughs> That'd be funny. Uh, Barack Obama. Yes. <laughs> no, this guy is now. I forget. I, you know, I, I might the different uh, sects of Christianity. I forget which one, what it is. Minister or reverend. I think depends he's a, on what I mean. He's it, a reverend in South Carolina now, 
And the guy, that guy went on to see. So it was a righteous cause. Obviously, there's a connection there. He went on to be going on with the Steelers' success and just having great football players and good coaches. That's right. And then, and so I had him uh, on an old uh, radio show. I had him do a blessing for the Steelers. It was it was was pretty neat. I liked it. So, it's always like that because uh, Lamar Hunt's daughter named the Super Bowl the Super Bowl. Really? Yeah. It was her daughter playing with the. Playing with a Super Bowl, and Lamar Hunt saw it and goes, oh, Super Bowl, because the first couple of Super Bowls were known as the AF, AFL-NFL championship. Is that I, – I, I knew that they, they it wasn't like it when the game came on TV, the Chiefs and Packers. I know they didn't say, welcome to the first ever Super Bowl. No, I know that. Like the fourth one, I believe. But I didn't know the story. That the yeah, I think it was the fourth named. one because the Chiefs were in that one. Well, it's a slippery slope because I think also the owner of the Anaheim Ducks had – their grandkid designed the uniform. So it's oh, so so there's uh, hit and miss with, with, <laughs> when you turn it over to the kids there. All right, <laughs> Jeremiah, speaking of ta- turning things over, the story of Week 10 is the injuries to starting QBs, and now, once again, we're reminded of how significant the backup QB is. Let's start there. Who is, in your opinion, the best backup? Who's Who's in good shape among the contenders? Um, in terms of the backup QBs, it looks like as of the time of this recording with the, the so-called SC injury to Roethlisberger's ribs, um, you, you know, that Leftwich might uh, might have to go in there against the Ravens. Bears and Niners, a great one on Monday night, but it might be the two backups going head-to-head there. Talk about who you like, who's well-positioned there with uh, who's going to have to go under center for these teams. Well, uh, we talk about backup quarterbacks. Um, uh, I probably would start with Jason Campbell near the bottom of the list. Watching him throw the other night, that was painful. Is that uh, because of the rain, though? Do you think, or is he just what is his thing? He seems like he has a nice arm, but he is just loath to push the ball downfield. Yeah, no, and and I, I would love to get a stopwatch because Leftwich gets so much attention for how long his delivery is. Uh, Jason Campbell is right there with him. I mean, it takes him a long time to wind up to get the ball out. And uh, he just—he he never exuded confidence. Even when he was, you know, the hot shot first-round pick in Washington, he just never—he never really carried himself with much confidence. And he comes into the game, you just don't really get that confident feeling. Uh, but you know, when you look around the, the backups around, it is interesting. You know, I'll write, I'm working on it today. I'm gonna write up a post on it tomorrow about all all the contenders and the, their backup quarterback situation. But to me, some of the some of the better backups are the young guys. I mean, you look in uh, you look at uh, New England. You know, I think I'd rather have, take my chances with Ryan Mallett coming into a game than Jason Campbell. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's my opinion. But uh, you, you've got Chase Daniel really hasn't played that much uh, behind Drew Brees. You know, if the, if the Saints are going to get rolling, obviously they're not where they want to be. But he's another one that's one of the better backups. But, you know, some of these better backups don't have any experience. Mm-hmm. So it's not – the backup quarterback position is not what it was. 10 or 15 years ago, it's, it's, it's a, a bunch of guesses out there. I do at least like, you know, with Leftwich or, or like you say, Mallet. if you're bringing a guy off the bench, at least give me a guy, if nothing else, If you, I, I don't know if he's, you know, on the ball, if he's really, you know, a great X's and O's guy, if he's paying attention or, uh, uh, you know, in the in the film room and, and ready to go. At least uh, give me a guy who's got the big arm, you know, throw him out there. Maybe he can make one play that makes a difference in the game because, the D, you know, the, they're immediately philosophically going to try to play it real tight the Steelers last night against the Chiefs and everything else. at least give me a QB who can make a a, a big time throw yes or or do you like a no, game yeah. manager there no I, I think it's interesting there's a, there's I mean you could have a whole a whole podcast just on the different types of backups we used to debate this all the time and the teams I worked with is 
you know, what do you, would you want to have your backup as a, you know, a career backup, or are you looking to have somebody that you're trying to develop that could eventually be a starter either for mm-hmm. you or somewhere else? And every team attacks that differently. But, I mean, you look at San Francisco, I mean, they roll out Kaepernick, who's a great athlete, uh, and he, he makes enough plays with his legs. I think Baltimore's decided to go that route as well with Tyrod Taylor. Something happened to Flacco. you got somebody that can run around and try and make plays. So you go with the athletic guy, you go with the big arm guy, or you go with the veteran. I mean, those are probably the three main the main categories there, but everybody approaches that differently. Would you want a carbon copy, though? I mean, because it seems like you don't want to change the offense, or is it better to have a guy who does something completely different? Well, again, that's <laughs> six of one half dozen of the other. It's just kind of how, how you attack it as an organization. But I think we've got a pretty good mix right now. There's no... There's no right way of doing it. But, you know, the other thing is these guys, these backups, because of the rules the way they are and the, and the practice limits, they get no reps. So hmm. and, and some some people think, hey, I'd rather have an athletic backup because he can come into the game and run around without any reps. But if I'm going to expect him to come out there and make the correct reads, have timing and all this kind of stuff with guys he hasn't even practiced with, that's, that's difficult. So that's one way of looking at it. That's an interesting point, actually. And, you know, uh, applying sort of a baseball analogy, don't you like the idea, Rank, of if your lineup, if you if you start a lefty and the, and the opposition has a bunch of right-handed bats in there, isn't it nice then to throw in the curveball? Isn't it nice to throw in the guy who's, who's the righty? Well, if you're going to have a package for him to come in, like it could it can seem like what, what goes with the uh, 49ers going forward is that they should probably bring in, and they've done this a couple of times this year, it's nice to bring in Kaepernick just to run some of those plays that I think the Jets want Tim Tebow to do, except that Kaepernick's just you know, I assume good at that it. was I assume that was the strategy behind Tebow, was in a vacuum in the summer. Hey, if we throw Tebow on the field, you have to devote some time of the week to prepping for what Tebow might do versus what a more traditional QB does. What about that, uh, Jeremiah? You're, you break these QBs down. Sanchez, to me, to, you know, listen. I don't have the trained eye you do, but look, he's he's atrocious, and I know that I get it that all his guys are hurt, and and you know, but a lot of teams have injuries. In fact, every single team has injuries. How how long can the excuses go on? What is Rex Ryan seeing that's like, yeah, let's yeah, let's just stick with this guy at this point? Why don't you at least try Tebow? Well, yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with Sanchez, though. I really don't. I, I think it's it, it's not so much that. He doesn't want to move on from Sanchez. I think, to me, it just speaks volumes that he doesn't feel comfortable, you know, making this whole transformation and going to Tebow. But the thing I was thinking about, and I was talking to someone about this the other day, maybe it would have been better after having watched Jacksonville play the other night, maybe it would have been better for all parties if they had just traded him to Jacksonville and let, let, let Tebow go down there and play. And I mean, it can't be any worse than what they're doing in Jacksonville. And then we can at least strip away the excuse that, well, Sanchez has to look over his shoulder and it's a bad situation. Well, if you're not going to play people, then get rid of them and at least remove that distraction. So for me, what they're doing right now is like the worst the worst option possible. Uh, but when you watch when you watch Sanchez, yeah, I mean, the, the players around him suck, but it's hard to defend him just because he looks so uncomfortable and jittery and, and just not natural back there. Let's just petition the league. Let's just make it happen. I mean, you need people to fill the stadium in Jacksonville. Let's just put Tebow on the We team. need more trades in general. Why aren't we seeing more trades in the NFL? I want I, I you know, Rank and I were cooking up good trade ideas last week. But does this mean, Jeremiah, from your read, 
on this. Are we to then ex- assume that Rex Ryan wasn't on board with the Tim Tebow thing? Because I always, my assumption was that he had a, a, a big hand in personnel moves. But if he not, at this point in what is looking more and more like a lost season, if he still isn't willing to look at Tebow here, is is that the is? Am I reading the tea leaves properly there? Well, I, I, it sounds to me that I think he was in favor of bringing him in in this limited, reduced role that they're using him in. Mm-hmm. But he was not in favor of bringing him in to, at any point in time, replace Sanchez. And I think that's the trouble that you get into is, you know, you can't just say we're going to have a little bit of Tim Tebow. It doesn't work that way. I mean, they, 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 we've already seen that doesn't work. So you either kind of have to you know, commit to the guy or it's it's really no good to have him on your roster. So, and, and I have to admit, you know, I thought earlier in the year, when, before the season started, hey, if they can just use him in some of these packages, maybe this thing could, you know, maybe this thing could work. It's it's not working. It's not happening. And right now, it just doesn't benefit him at all even to have him on the roster, personally. True or false, Greg McElroy will take, will, will start a game for the Jets this season? Nah, I will say false. I, I, unless Sanchez gets injured, I don't think so. I Why? Wouldn't. Why wouldn't you... Why wouldn't you, if you're the Jets as an organization, they're going to have to make some major decisions uh, at the end of the season, if not before. Wouldn't they say, well, look, we've seen enough of Mark Sanchez to know what we have there. Now let's see what McElroy is. Doesn't that influence? Wouldn't you as a personnel guy, Jeremiah, want to know before the draft, is this guy a viable option for us? Or do they? Or do you assume they already know what they have in him and he I is assume, a career backup? Yeah, I assume, you know, just my personal evaluation on him coming out, he's a really smart kid. He's a, he's a great person. He's going to help you in the film room, almost function as another coach in terms of breaking down tape. But throwing him out in windy weather in the Meadowlands and expecting him to win me a football game, I'm, I'm not real confident that's going to happen. What about uh, what happened in Philly there? To me psychologically if i were a rookie or a backup guy who has who hasn't gotten his feet wet i think that that's the best way i mean obviously the result doesn't work out for the eagles mm-hmm. but that was the best possible situation for a kid like that you don't want to say hey philly i mean hey nick Foles, turn philly season around by starting this game against a division <laughs> foe that's a lot of pressure the ideal spot is hey well we're out options we got to go with you then at least he doesn't have any weight on his shoulders coming in there it's like all you can do is succeed you can't fail in this spot true or false no, I think that's a good point. I think that's a good point. The only thing that I would add is that there is, you know, now that he's playing and even though he didn't start the game of the day, there is a little bit of that weight on your shoulders that you've got a coaching staff's future resting on your shoulders. Uh, that, that's got to weigh a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, it's one thing if, if there's a healthy Mike Vick uh, holding the clipboard on the sideline and you're running in there at Nick Foles trying to save the season. But, uh, yeah, no, hey, he's their last option. They have no other choice right now. It's not going to be Trent Edwards. Did you like what you saw out of him? Well, you know, he moved around a little bit better than maybe I thought he would have. Uh, but still, I mean, look, the team only you know, had one third down conversion the entire game as a quarterback. That's kind of a big part of your responsibility. So he's not, he's not, he's not where he needs to be yet. We'll see what kind of strides he makes in the next in the next game. But uh, right now, I mean, if you're going to put a letter grade on it, I guess I'd probably give him a C maybe for his first outing. Hmm. I'm so wow. Tough grading a, for a guy who see that's a. I, I thought that was generous. I, I will say there as, as somebody the who was there didn't look at what Andrew Luck's doing. Like what grade would you give Andrew Luck if he's going to get anything higher than a C? That's a good question, Jeremiah. Grade the QBs we've seen so far. The rookie QBs. Grade those guys based on uh, you know 
obviously the results have varied in terms of uh, team wins and stuff, but who looks good as you break down film? Who looks like, now that we have a half season's worth of film on these guys, who is the real deal or the realest deal? Yeah, I would give both Lux and RG three A's right now. I'd probably even give – I'd be tempted I'd be tempted to give Luck an A-plus, even though, you know, somebody would look, oh, it's completion percentage, this, that, and the other. He, look, when you watch their tape, he is their team. I mean, they got him and Reggie Wayne. They have a very average offensive line that's getting too much credit because Luck is moving around and, and avoiding stuff that other quarterbacks couldn't. Um, he doesn't have a ton of other options out there. The defense has played, you know, has played better than I expected. But overall, he's been solid. RG3's had wild moments, um, probably running a little bit too much, but overall still an A, keeping them competitive. Uh, Tannehill, I'd probably give him a B. Russell Wilson, a B as well. Uh, Brandon Whedon, I would give probably a C+. Plus. You don't like him? No, you know, I wasn't a huge Brandon Whedon fan coming out. Uh, and he's been, I will say, he's been better than what I thought he would be. Uh, but still... You know he's he just he's not careful with the football, and that's one thing. You know when that's you know when you're watching quarterbacks, you watch Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers the other day played great. He played great for you know 90 percent of the game, but he had the two bonehead plays, and that's what you can't have that position. That's a little bit of what concerns me about Whedon. Are those bonehead plays a byproduct of the coaching situation in San Diego? That's what I oh I, well, I want to say about the Browns. What about though Whedon? I think it's Childress's fault. It seems like they put him in tough spots there. I, I, I don't think they're playing to his strengths. And, in fact, I think that's a, a, something that ails a lot of teams is the idea that, you know, RG3 is the future of this franchise. We can't have him run around. It's like, well, then don't take him then. I mean, that, his, his, his asset, the thing that distinguishes him is his ability to run around some. I don't like when you hear that, like, yeah, but we got to keep him in the pocket. Well, then, then you shouldn't have taken him if that's your philosophy. Yeah. Well, my whole thing, my whole thing on RG3 is, look, I, I, I don't I don't want to discourage him at all from making plays with his leg. I want to encourage that. But I'm not going to call as many design quarterback runs in the huddle. I'm going to let it kind of organically happen mm. in the middle of a play. Stuff breaks down, let him use his ability to take off, make things happen. But I'm not going to call, you know, I'm not going to call ten options. I'm not going to call, you know, five zone reads where he's got to carry the ball on that individual play game. I'll sprinkle it in, but I think if I need to dial that back a little bit, let him just make the plays organically. Uh, but Whedon, the problem, a little bit of the problem with that draft is you, you bring in the running back, Trent Richardson, who's kind of a typical eye-back, physical, pounding runner, and you've got a quarterback who's really best situated to sit in the shotgun uh, and operate that way like he did in college. So it's kind of it's, it's a tough it's tough to kind of put those two together. How do you how do you work that out? That's something they got to figure out. That is interesting. All right, back to what Ranko was talking about there. Phil Rivers, North Turner, so on. What gives with that? Is there an arm problem with Phil Rivers that you can perceive on tape? Talk about uh, it. You, you know, his, look, he's never had a huge arm. Never has. But, uh, you know, I think people got carried away with that, just killing him with the arm. Look, he doesn't have a huge arm, but he has enough to do what they need to do. And he's completing a higher percentage of passes this year than he ever has in his career. The problem has just been poor decisions. And, and it, a lot of it is, you know, he has some new players. He, he doesn't have a comfort level with his receivers. You lose Vincent Jackson. But, but you can't even come up with a way to defend, you know, some of the plays like he made the other day where he's rolling out. Just throw the ball away. You're already in, in scoring range. And to throw that pick six after you've been in the league as long as he has, I don't really pin that one on North Turner. That's just a, that's just a boneheaded move by Rivers. I pin it on North Turner. <laughs> I got Mike Brown fired. My work is not done. 
Oh, I want to talk about that. We have to get into that rank. Yes, we'll talk about your Lakers in a second here. Hey, uh, Jeremiah, quick uh, hypotheticals here. Yep. Andrew Luck is on the Jacksonville Jaguars. How different is their season going right now? Are they a winner? You say that he's the whole team with the Colts. What, can I then assume that the Jags would be a winning team right now? Uh, I would say they would have uh, they would have a very similar record to what the Colts have. Yes, Is that right? Wow! So would that's you? that's a strong put that in your column. Whatever you're working on, Jeremiah. Yeah, that that's there. that's that's really put. I mean, that's a big statement that you flip Blaine Gabbert for Andrew Luck, and the four, and, and they would be three or four wins better. You say? Yes, I, I wow. really do. I mean, they, they've they, look. They've scored forty four points in five home games with Blaine Gabbert. I mean that. Uh, their, their defense, they have some pieces. They're not horrible on that side of the ball. Yeah, I think Andrew Luck will make a difference. I think he'd move around and make plays, and, and they'd win some games. When they lost by three points in overtime to the Raiders, you think he's, he'd help out there? I do. Uh, you know, I, I just think he'd, he'd make a difference. You lose in overtime to the Minnesota Vikings, that's two That's two wins he gives you right there. So, yeah, I don't think it's any strict at all if he gives them four more wins. I would even contend Jacksonville de- Jacksonville's defense might be a little bit better than the Colts, but – you're filling out an MVP ballot. Do you put Luck ahead of Aaron Rodgers? No. No, just because his, his the level at which Rodgers plays is so high and so pristine. I just don't, you know, hey, look, I, I give Luck all the credit in the world that he's going to be up at that level. But right now when you watch it, what Rodgers does, is there's not anybody else doing what he does. All right, there's, so we're wait, not talking wait, about Matt off- Flynn, but Matt Flynn did it last year for a game at least. Yeah, but against against the Detroit secondary that's crappy to begin with, minus three starters ranked, you would have had at least maybe 285. In that but game. I was good. <laughs> I wasn't at your level, Daniel, but I was good. <laughs> Jeremiah, if uh, we're not talking about offensive player of the year. We're talking about MVP. I've been making the case. People can call me biased all they want. Until the injury last night, to me, the MVP is Ben Roethlisberger. Don't laugh. Why do you make that breath sound, Rank? Like that's a ridiculous I was, thing to say. I was chuckling. Say. I would put Why? him below Andy Luck, and I would put him below Aaron Rodgers. With all the injuries on the Steelers this year? If Andrew uh, Luck was not on the Colts, they I'll would say be... you, Jeremiah. Well, look, I'm, I'm I'm biased. I've had a, you know, I didn't. I've never worked. I've never worked for a team that Peyton Manning's been on, but I've just followed him for so long and seen what he does and for him to kind of be the offensive coordinator and the quarterback and to be playing at the level he has played at to me i would vote for him to my mvp oh, oh yeah he's gonna win yeah that's it's preordained that's that's the draw hey listen if you could watch pro football from september to december there would be little argument about who the most valuable player in the league is peyton manning the problem is jeremiah the season bleeds into january and that's where peyton manning seems to struggle yes well, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, you'd, you'd like to be able to make a strong closing argument at the end of the season to win the MVP. And uh, as I look at the schedule right now, you're probably right, because I don't know how Peyton's going to be productive when he has to finish up the season against Cleveland and Kansas City. Clearly, he's going to be overmatched against those two dynamic teams. We're talking playoffs. Yeah, I don't care about don't how the regular season this guy. ends. Look at him yes. coming in coming in with a snark. Oh, he's going to be – he's – He'll be fine in the playoffs. Look, he's figured out a way he's... to play half-court basketball. Everybody else, you know, there's some high-flying offenses. They're playing full-court hoops. I mean, he, 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 everybody knows he's not going to throw the ball really more than 
12 yards down the field, and he just still carves everybody up. So, you know, poor weather, you know, tougher opponents, I still think he's going to be really good in the postseason. Boy, the guy who still gets the short end of the stick is Von Miller. He is maybe the best defensive player in the league, and because of Peyton Manning, for a, and then last year, Tim Tebow, no do for this guy. I think I think we might have a re- we could have a repeat though I think it was like oh three or oh four I was in Baltimore but we had uh, Jamal Lewis was the offensive player of the year and Ray Lewis was a defensive player of the year I, I think there's a good case you can be made for both those guys to do that in Denver this year that's interesting and uh, last thing for you I forgot about your Baltimore affiliation so I'm required to ask what do you think Leftwich versus Flacco in Heinz Field on Sunday night yeah you know the the hard thing is. This, this Ravens defense just doesn't look anything like the normal Ravens defense. If it was a normal Ravens defense and you have that matchup, I, I'd be very confident in saying that that's going to be a Ravens one. I'll still, uh, I still have my allegiances there, so I'll probably I still go Ravens in a close one. Now who's the homer? You see how Damashek gets charged with being a homer? But Jeremiah, well, I still have my my affiliations there, so I better do that. You understand? No, I was forthcoming with it. I didn't try and disguise it or hide behind it. No, I, I no. a little bit of a bump. No, All you know right. what? Ultimately, I appreciate that, Jeremiah. All right, listen. Continued success to you at NFL.com. Great stuff with the uh, pages, with, with your uh, the pages you make there. And also on the Thursday night show with uh, Matt Money-Smith and uh, Elliot Harrison and all the other fellows there. Make sure you check them out. Come on into Studio 66 sometime, would you? I know. Tell Rank he owes me a burrito. Oh, well, we got Miguel's Jr. down in Costa Mesa, so I will take you there gladly. What a crazy thing. Rank, I don't know who's taken more abuse in the last week, Rank or Black Tie on on this podcast. Rank gets another. Now, that's another thing? What? You're, you're, You're not paying off your burrito debt? No, no, no. It was a, it was an inside joke because uh, oh. Daniel lives near my old hometown, I and see. I kept asking him, like, "Hey, since you're driving through Corona, California, can you just stop by this small chain called Miguel's Junior and pick me up a burrito?" And then every week he wouldn't. Oh, so it's Jeremiah who's got <laughs> the stink on. I technically owe him a burrito. I got gotcha. you, but I'm just trying to flip it around. <laughs> I got gotcha, you. I, gotcha. I like how he did that. Uh, yeah, that this was clever. Like- very clever. Um, uh, you know, before we let him go, Black Tie, I know you want to go. I got to ask one question about Kaepernick because it's relevant. Yep. Yeah, I, you know, Jason Campbell, bum, we get it. Is there any chance that Kaepernick plays well enough that Alex Smith doesn't get the gig back? I don't think so. I think that Harbaugh is very comfortable with, with, with Alex Smith, and, and they've won a lot of games. I think he's shoot, he's like in the top five, I think, in quarterback rating. Yeah, he's played well. I'm just kidding. But, you know, yeah. the high, if yeah. you're talking about high-end potential, you know, where the ceiling is, it seems like Kaepernick's is higher at this point. No, you know, one thing about Harbaugh, Harbaugh is a little bit, he's a little bit like, he reminds me a little bit of Gruden when Gruden was coached. He likes to kind of play the quarterback position from the sideline. Mm-hmm. So I think that him and Alex Smith just kind of, they almost share a brain in terms of like, even not even Pat, just like making the right run checks and making the right calls to line of scrimmage. I think Harbaugh just has that comfort level with Alex Smith, which I can't imagine he already has that with Kaepernick. Gotcha. And and it's uh, the Twitter, if you want to hit up uh, our fella Jeremiah here, it's at Daniel Jeremiah. Simple as that? At Move the Sticks. Move at, the oh, sticks. that's right, at Move the Sticks. What am I talking about? Of course, that's uh, that's how you track them down on, on uh, NFL.com as well. All right, Jeremiah, thanks for the time, and, uh, and let's uh, get you in Studio 66 sooner rather than later. 
Sounds good, guys. And also, tell your old Thank man you. to stay clear of Heinz Field, please. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I'll do it, man. Much obliged. Much obliged. Yeah. There he goes. The great Daniel Jeremiah. And I mean it, Rank. I like him. I wouldn't say this to his face, but I really enjoy him. I like how you have that principle. A man has to stand for something, and not giving compliments to other human beings when they're around is uh, is one of Rank's uh, beliefs. I like it. All right. Here in Studio 66 now, they snuck in here while we're talking to Jeremiah, two other scribes from NFL.com, specifically. Specifically from around the league, it's Mark Sessler and Dan Hanzus. What's the poop, fellas? How are you doing today? Yeah, that, that is the question. Well, I'll tell you, I'm angry about one thing, and it, I'm disappointed and sad and worried about the injury to Ben Roethlisberger, but I'm angry with Dan Hanzus. We were in the newsroom last night, and just before kickoff, what did I say to you, Hanzus? Well, you were upset that no one was picking uh, the Chiefs. You- because of why? Because th- when that happens in the NFL, that's bad news. Not when it's when, – I mean, I don't mean when most people. When nobody gives a team a chance to win a game, that's when there's danger to be had. It's fair. I mean, I, it's almost – you could also argue that you put all that negativity in the air and it came back around to your team. Mm-hmm. Just a theory. I don't like that. That's that's a bad theory, and I, I still put this on you. We almost lost because of you yesterday. Right. Okay. I now don't feel bad for you at all about what's happened to your Jets at this point. Shall we start there, Black Tie? We're go. We're going to do a blacklist here with the Around the League guys, and of course you can listen to them on our second podcast every week. Their most recent one on episode 105, their debate club, they compared the New England Patriots to the American show The Office, the American version of The Office, which I think is good. Still a good show, but it is, is it as great as it was as it, at its peak? An interesting analogy. But what, let's talk about the, the Jets now. You know, I, the, new, the new shame report is out. You can look at that uh, or is close to being out at the time of this recording, I should say, on NFL.com. Track it down. And I compare Rex Ryan to Santa Claus. I call him Santa Rex because the gift that he continues to give Mark Sanchez for no apparent reason, the gift of NFL starts – is hard to explain. How say you, Hanzus? Jets fan and professional scribe. Yeah. I'm starting to it's, – it's hard to watch Rex at this point at these press conferences because he, he's coming off poorly. He keeps on saying this, this stock line, Mark gives us the best chance to win. But how can you make that comment if you never give the other guy a chance? Which just goes to tell me something I've thought for going before the season started. There's some heat between Rex Ryan and Tannenbaum, the GM – and I don't think Rex ever thought that Tebow could play. And I think it, part of it is he doesn't want to give in to what ownership and the and management put on him, which was this Tebow mess. I think that has that plays into this because there's no other reason why Sanchez is still in the, in the lineup at this point. Well, I mean, the argument, the practical argument is, is that uh, things are different in uh, New York than they were in Denver, and the offensive line was superior. And Tim Tebow, well, if you think Tim Tebow can look bad, and believe me, Nobody thinks Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow stinks more than I do. I think he's an abysmal QB. Um, that he would be, he would really look terrible with no one to throw the ball to, no offensive line, and so on. How say you, Sessler? I think that this is a team that has spent every week since the summer with Tim Tebow in practice. They know what they have there at quarterback too. If there was something that was such such a secure upgrade to Sanchez, they'd make the switch. In that offense, I don't think you're going to see anything close from Tebow if he does start to what he did last season. Completely different situation. Jets lack creativity. 
on offense especially. Isn't that is ironic so- because going into the year you thought, wow, because that's what we were talking about with Jeremiah is the curveball, the human curveball that is Tim Tebow, you suddenly throw him in in certain situations in the game. The defense would really, I mean, every week, what pressure that puts on the defensive coordinator, and we've seen none of it. Well, we've actually seen the opposite where it's the Jets who are discombobulated by the shuffling of That's right. When Tebow Kaepernick did it to him, they were well, – oh, yeah, right, right, right. Well, yeah, was, well, there's that too in that in that game, that week five game. But also, just in general, they, they struggle with the play clock. They have uh, an inability to get uh, any type of uh, momentum going in their offense. And they actually showed CBS cameras caught Sanchez at one point letting out a deep exhale as he was pulled off the field. Because it's like, what – he hasn't been – he's been terrible this year, but this has not been fair to him. He, he's really gotten – played by the Jets here. Well, I feel like the Jets, if anything else, they wanted to take Tebow away from the rest of the league. And they definitely didn't (laughs) want Tebow to wind up with the New England Patriots and Belichick, who has shown he can take players the Jets don't know how to use well, Danny Woodhead, for example, and turn him into a sensation. I think it was like, let's take Tebow away. But you know what? Hey, now we don't know what to do with him. And it's embarrassing. I like that. Uh, I like that. Hanzu's three years after the fact still makes a, just like Mark Sanchez did when he got to the sideline a guttural noise when you say the name Danny Woodhead. No, actually, the uh. reason I say that is not because this is the one that got away. Can we all calm down about Danny Woodhead <laughs> being this impact player that the Jets will rue forever getting rid of? I mean, the guy—he's Danny Woodhead. Come on. He's been a solid part of the offense uh, you know, for uh, the Jets, two plus seasons. Their problems would not have been solved if Sweet Danny Woodhead was. They wouldn't. The Jets have many more problems them. than just Danny Woodhead. <laughs> yeah, anyway. unlike Andrew Luck going to the Jags, Danny Woodhead on the Jets probably wouldn't have been worth four wins. If anything, I'm more upset that your Steelers got Kotchery, who I always liked as a player, and he would have been a good guy for this wide receiving unit that has nothing. Yes, touche, touche. Yeah. yeah, nice big receiver. He's yeah, that's that. another thing that goes under un, uh, overlooked when you talk about Tim Tebow. Is of course the Broncos had a pretty solid defense last year, but they also had Demarius Thomas and Eric Decker, two pretty good wide receivers, which the Jets just don't have. They just don't have. That's right. And Von Miller, I say Von Miller must be upset. Like, when do I get my due? Same thing. How about I? I, I that's the comparison. It's the it's facile maybe, but still. You know, Demarius Thomas is Reggie Wayne, and Eric Decker is Marvin Harrison. Peyton Manning, you know, this idea that he always turns everybody into stars, those guys are legitimately good with or without him, and both those guys look good in stretches with uh, with Tim Tebow throwing them the ball. But listen. Don't hate for Peyton Manning. I know. I don't know why I have to stop it. I don't know why I even have to jam that in. Don't chime in with that. I don't know why I have to. No, Black Tie's right. I don't know why I felt obliged to wedge in a shot at Peyton Manning for no good (laughs) reason. It's not a shot. It's just stating facts. All right, black tie. I, by the way, I want to commend everybody here in Studio 66 and black tie on the other side of the glass for acting like adults. You know, there, I, there's been no hint of acrimony after <laughs> what was an especially contentious episode number 105. I encourage what, what you. What happened? <laughs> well, there was, you know, there were some crosswords. There were some accusations made, and the only person who was able to stay above the fray, Damashek, fortunately. My favorite kind of controversy. Hanzoos called in. He leveled nasty charges at Black Tie, <laughs> charges that Black Tie took without attribution. His famous shout-out last week. He, 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 Untrue. Black Tie <laughs> likes to do shout-outs. <laughs> true. I love listening to go over to, this again. But Dave, Dave was above the fray because Jerry Seinfeld wasn't here to call him out for stealing his joke. So, yes. What does that mean? Oh, what does that boy. even mean? I don't even know what Jerry that means. Seinfeld. Seinfeld. No, there was. Remember Jerry Seinfeld did a joke about if an alien came to Earth and saw a person walking a dog, 
that they would assume because the human is picking up the feces that the dog is in charge. Oh. I, why, listen, oh. I now feel like Sharon Stone talking to the cops in basic instinct. <laughs> why would I – Sharon Stone says, why would I write a book about killing somebody and then do the murder the same way? Why would I st- – if I were going to steal jokes, would I steal from Jerry Seinfeld? Apparently, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I guess yes. I do not know that that's. A, listen, hook me up to a lie detector. I did not know that Jerry Seinfeld did that joke. Why would I repeat a Jerry Seinfeld? Do you have any joke? jokes about like airplane etiquette or anything from Jerry? <laughs> Shame on all of you! How dare all each and every one of you? What's, you know what? What's this round candle with a fuse on it? All right. You know what? Why the rash of early '90s references? I'm not taking it. I'm not going to take it. Sitting down. Black tie, please take out the hand solo edition blaster. Oh, no. oh, you know what? Rank deserves it. I'm not going to take that. Jerk! <laughs> what? What are you giving me a hand for? That's what Vader does. He just puts his hand up, and now I have taken the blaster no, from you. No, I don't know where these powers that you imagine, what reality you live in, that you can do that. No. All right, black tie. Let's do it. We haven't done a blacklist in a little while. We have rank, we have the ATL boys, and we have me. That's more than enough for... The Blacklist. The Blacklist. Black tie reads current events. The Blacklist. Damn it, check and wake if they're coming. The Blacklist. The Blacklist. All right, first question, though. A lot of backup quarterbacks got some playing time this weekend. Starting quarterbacks got hurt, got injured. So my question is, if every starting quarterback went down right now, like right now, who would hashtag win the Super Bowl? <laughs> and this came from me, but also came from uh, one of our followers, James DM. So giving a shout out to him. Answer the question. That's the longest hash- hashtag ever. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag shout out. I love it. All right. The black tie shout out of the week is coming up. We'll start with you, Rank. I would say that the 49ers would probably have the best chance because with the, the the talent level dropping from Alex Smith to Colin Kaepernick would probably be the least severe. Dallas would also be in the running because Kyle Orton is their backup. So I still would go San Francisco. Sessler, how say you? I'm going to go uh, TJ Yates, Houston. Interesting. Got his feet wet a season ago. They came within a hair of beating the Ravens in Baltimore. Correct. They then could have gone into New England. They likely that would have been too big a spot for him. But with that team, another year of experience. I like that call. That's yeah. an that's an interesting one. Hanzus. I agree with Rank. I think Kaepernick. I like him. I mean, I saw him shred my Jets, and then I just like what he does. He had eight carries, 66 yards, and a touchdown. On Sunday, he threw the ball a little bit. He just seems like a good fit on that team. And I I, I, I don't hate on Alex Smith, but I don't think he's necessarily the guy that the Niners need to go to the next level. I think Kaepernick could slide in and be just as effective. I think Matt Moore is an interesting choice there, uh, a little bit of a veteran guile. I'll t- here, here's a little bit of a wild card. I don't even know, obviously, if they're going to get into the playoffs. But the Seahawks, what do we? What, what do you think their record would be had Matt Flynn started? Would they be any worse? I, I find it hard to imagine that this team would have a worse record than what they have if Matt Flynn had been under center. I mean, Russell Wilson's uh, had his moments, but is he, he certainly hasn't been a world beater. He's so good at home, and he throws the deep ball so well. I think that game, they probably would have lost the game against Green Bay. They would have known how to defend him. 
Yeah, I think they would be a little bit worse right now. You think now. they lose that Green Bay game? Yes. I think the game that I would point to that they maybe lose is New England because he made plays at the end that of that one game. That one, too, yeah. So I'm looking. There's two. They could be easily four and six. The, I don't know. The weird I, thing, it just seems like they would have been hotter. Was there a game, the, was there a game that you know. looked at and you're like, Russell Wilson lost in that game. If they had Matt Flynn in there, they would have won. That is true. He doesn't really Flynn turn the ball Flynn has two starts. Over. I mean, he's a complete speculative character. This Matt Flynn is still a mystery. We still don't know. We were supposed to find out this year, and now we're going through another season where we we can only base it on him throwing six touchdowns on New Year's Day. It's I mean, an- another strange. situation where, again, they're watching him every week in practice. Now, he had an injury issue. That's why Flynn was bumped down earlier in the year. But they, no one thought they were going to go with Wilson. And Wilson won out over Tavares and Flynn. That says a lot about what they see from him. Well, hour was, hour I mean, yeah, when they grabbed them in the third round, that was uh, that uh, raised eyebrows. So that's that's interesting. Who's in the worst trouble though? If if let's say the uh, among the contenders, if their backups have to go in there, who's who's in a lot of trouble? I mean, the obvious guy would be Ryan Mallett. We talked about him with the big arm and everything. But if you take Tom Brady out of there, that would be scary. And well, geez, I mean, I Broncos, guess everybody's in trouble. The Packers the Broncos would be in would trouble. Be starting right? a rookie. So who's so yeah so I guess you know you think about like what anytime almost anytime you go to a backup like Leftwich if he has to play that's pretty good Leftwich is is good by comparison to mm-hmm. to like I say the Packers and the, Jason Campbell who Derek, uh, who completely revolve around their QB so do you think the who's in better shape for that game the Niners or the Bears Jason Campbell or uh, or Colin Kaepernick do you like the yeah. Niners winning that game. Yeah, I'd go with that. I mean, I have to, I'm going to disagree with you about Leftwich because of what Big Ben does for that offense, the way he runs that no huddle, the way he's just – when they let him kind of run free, there's no one like him in the league. I think Leftwich looked like last night. That guy wants to be driving a bus. I mean, he did not want to be out there. Doesn't want to be out <laughs> he wants there. Wants to be driving a bus. I don't know. I mean, it's a mundane <laughs> job with a schedule where he knows where he's going to be. You saw him get flipped on that first play. The guy does not want to Uh-oh, be out there. I smell a possible shout out from Black Tie. Bus drivers. Guys who'd rather be driving a bus than uh, playing quarterback in the NFL. All right, next question on the blacklist. Good answers, but all wrong. The team that will have the best chance, I would say, is the Saints because Chase Daniels is most like his starting quarterback than any other any other team. Not in terms of playing. I don't really care much for his how he plays, but he's so like Drew Brees, and him and Drew Brees, you ever see them on the sidelines? Always having the most fun, doing the same pregame routines. They're so alike. Well, that, that is a legitimate shot at Peyton Manning that we've talked about before here on the show, is uh, this guy, like, oh, what a team guy. He's a coach on the sidelines. Yeah, if he's such a good team, coachy guy, then how come he never let anybody in, in Indianapolis for a decade Ever take a practice snap? How much of a team guy are you if you're like, I got to take every single snap in practice? How about if you ever get hurt, Peyton Manning, like you did last year? We saw what oh, the is, results are. Is this are. another shot of Peyton Manning? I'm not sure. I said it was a shot at him. I made it clear it was. Yeah, but Daniel Jeremiah said because of the practice restrictions. Now it's true. It's right. That's an interesting point. All right, next on the blacklist. All right, next up, guys. Big coaching change in L.A. Switching from Mike Brown to Phil Jackson. So my question is, if you had to pick one NFL team, to make a coaching change this season, who would it be first? The Eagles, the Cowboys, or the Chargers? Sessler, how say you? North Turner, done. Yeah. Out. I mean, it's like it's a foregone conclusion. I, th- I think there's just too much, too much ugliness going on there. Well, I mean, it's a foregone conclusion as well that Andy Reid's gone. 
whether it's I and the and thing Cornell I keep, potentially. So yeah, Cornell as well. Yes, I and think, Pat Shermer. I mean, this, this I know that every year you could say, oh, there's going to be a bloodbath with the coaches, but I really feel like this year, especially right, doesn't it ugly. seem like there are more coaches that are going to be moving on? More big name guys. Maybe that's win. what it is. Yeah, it's not just bum teams. It's these teams that uh, you know seemed like contenders before the season started. And oh, I'll tell you another guy, Rex Ryan. That's another guy. He ain't coming back. I I, I really don't think he's coming back. Hanzoos, how say you? Um, I do think Rex is coming back, but you I do. Yeah, right. I I think North Turner also is out of that group the most in danger, and it it wouldn't be fair if he got canned before AJ Smith did. But I don't know AJ Smith. He kind of looks like a, like a bad guy from Nashville, that TV show. He's got like the slick back hair, and he just kind of looks a little bit evil. And and I could see Norv being like. You know, why, how could you do this to me? I thought we were together, and, and AJ just being like... Powers Booth is the bad guy you're referring to is. in that new TV <laughs> Glowering show in Nashville. Powers Booth. Yeah, which reminds me that there's a new Red Dawn remake. Powers Booth steals the original Red Dawn, <laughs> and how dare anyone steal Red Dawn? How dare they remake a perfect film? Rank, how say you on this coach business? North Turner. North Turner, We're yeah. going to make it a clean suit. I think we all and agree. why wouldn't you make Red Dawn? The old one, it's great for us because of when we grew up, but it's so antiquated now. Too bad. You gotta have a new. You gotta have a new threat. Like the Russians are inv- Like what? The Russians are invading us. Like come on. It's a little. It's a little time it. capsule. That's in, that's the world in which we. All I grew enjoy up. it, but the kids today aren't going to watch it. Wow. I Let mean, them have their own. Let them have their own Red Dawn. If we do, you know, listen. That's a reason to get Adam Carroll in here is to talk about Red Dawn. That's that's a picture that he and I have watched uh, on a number of occasions and broken down in great detail. All right. Last question on the blacklist. All right, I have no answer for that question, but I would say this about Red Dawn, though. Chris Hemsworth, he needs to watch his career choices right now. He's had a couple of bad movies following up what he did with Thor and the Avengers. He's in a shaky place right now because this Red Dawn is not supposed to be great. How dare they spit on the grave of Patrick Swayze with a remake of Red Dawn? They should have combined it. They should have made a mashup where it's Thor fighting the, whoever the enemy Ooh. is in Red Dawn. Now, that's interesting. That's interesting. All right, speaking of movies, Skyfall came out last week um, in, in the States. Obviously, it was out already in Europe a week before. So my question is, though, guys, James Bond, who in the NFL hashtag would play the best James Bond? Hans really? Zeus, I start with you here. Or Ray, Rank, you seem you're like you're chomping at the bit. You're more than no, welcome to start is, us off here. It's too obvious who would the, who it who? would be. It would, be. it would be Tom Brady. Oh, yeah, that's who you say. I thought it was villain. Or You can go either or. Okay. Bond or villain. Sure. What do you mean you thought it was? I thought he, he was asking what, who was the That's Bond. the movie. Well, you can do it both the way. Do Tom it, do it Brady is James Bond. He didn't realize that the villain is actually his football coach. We're not. It's good. Yeah, no, I like that. I'm thinking it through. I'm just thinking. I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm ruminating on it. Yeah, that right. is. That is interesting. That's very. That's very Star Wars. Almost more. More Star Wars than it is right. uh, James Bond. Like, yeah, Tom Brady realizes. Well, Wait Tom a Brady is Anakin Skywalker. And no, no, Belichick, and Belichick is, is Anakin. No, no, no. Belichick no, is Palpatine. Ba- Belichick would be Anakin, and and Luke would be Brady. Like, you're my father. But you're evil. And then they, you know, he turns them around and makes them nice. Not to say Bill Belichick's evil. Mm. But maybe maybe there have been some things with videotapes that uh, <laughs> weren't uh, completely out. Uh, yeah. All right. Hanses. Villain. Uh, 
villain. Uh, Jay Cutler's the villain. He's he's the NFL's greatest villain. <laughs> he's, he's it's pie face. Everybody yeah. run. Yeah, he's, what was Goldfinger? The in Goldfinger, what was the bad guy's name? Oh, he is, uh, I guess he does have a little bit of a uh, or uh, who's the guy who throws his hat in Goldfinger? Yeah, What's it's, his um, odd job. Odd job. Odd job. Odd job. Nice. Who is the best villain in uh, in uh, Bond history? I, I know like we're the off the Moonraker. Rim. That's guy. him. Jo- that's not Moonraker. How could you say that? That's like Jaws is a bad yeah. guy, but Jaws starts out in Spy Who Loved Me, which completely irrelevant is the first James Bond movie I saw. That's when I, I Roger Moore I thought was with James Bond. I didn't know. Same here. I, I had no idea Sean Connery. I think that movie's probably my guess is nineteen seventy nine ish for uh, and Jaws was scary. Mm-hmm. When I was a, a child, he was a scary he was like seven foot tall. What was that actor's name? He died. He was in a bunch of uh he was in um uh also Butch Cassidy and the Richard Sundance Keel. Kid. Richard Keel, yeah. Was he, he in Wait, Happy he's Gilmore dead? too? Yeah, he was in yeah, Happy Gilmore. Yeah. He's yeah. still alive, isn't he? He is? No, I yeah. think he died a few years ago. No, no, no. Ago. I think he's still Uh-oh. alive. Look it up, Rank. I'm pretty no, he's, sure he's dead. It still says years active. Nineteen sixty to the present. I'm pretty sure he's dead, but Moonraker, yeah. Career sort of dead. Stop <laughs> That's it. That's true. He really hasn't done a whole lot. He was Mr. Larson in uh, Happy Gilmore. Um, yeah. yeah, so he's He's, he's alive. Odd job is good. I really hope he's dead. Because you seem pretty intent on making All right, maybe he's not that. Listen, I'm happy. I'm glad for Dick Keel to still be walking on the big blue marble. Just like Joe Klecko drove the General Lee or whatever assertion you had that you All lost right. your All right, mistakes on. were made. No one's perfect, you know? People make mistakes. Phil Rivers threw that pick six. Damashek had a slip of the tongue about Joe Flacco's uh, role <laughs> in, uh, in Cannonball Run. All right, so what have we accomplished here? Rank. Who's your favorite Bond? Who's your favorite Bond? Well, Connery is the obvious one, but Timothy Dalton doesn't get enough credit for for being clo- more closely tied to the actual uh, to the actual novel. Sessler, Hanzoos, best Bond. I like uh, Daniel Craig walking out of that ocean in his first one. Very handsome, <laughs> very nice figure on a man. Yeah. A podcast I, if is you could not see go it, by. It's, it's audio, but I'm like Lenny and Squiggy right now, bite, biting the palm of my hand at Daniel Craig coming out of the swim, out of the ocean. I'm going to go with with Roger Moore because of what you just mentioned. When I was a kid, he was the only one that I knew, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it was it was kind of hard news to find out that there's like 12 of these guys. Yeah, they just right. shuttled in and out to play the role. George Lazenby might not be a great actor, but if you haven't seen, uh, what is it, On Her Majesty's Secret Service? Is that the mm-hmm. proper name? That's a great picture with Telly Savalas as the bad guy, a lot of luging and bobsledding and all that jazz. Was Abe Vigoda ever a Vaughn villain? Because he would have been awesome. <laughs> Can I say this, by the way? Did you see Lolo Jones, the former hurdler girl, the 30-year-old, never yes, been with a man, a- her, you know, American hurdler lady? She now is a bobsledder, and she did Whoa. something of note in the sport. I think you need to disband your sport. If somebody can just walk in one day and like a week later it'll be a champion. You know? Michael Jordan, a.k.a. the greatest basketball player of all time, said like, hey, you know what? I'm going to try baseball. The next week he didn't look good doing it. You know? Your, your yeah. sport shouldn't be that easy to do, right? I well, just, maybe she's that good of an athlete. I don't care. Listen, you can't. Herschel Walker did it. Herschel really Walker gone. didn't say, hey, you know what? I'm going to try baseball and was magically good at it. Lolo Jones. This, this has... Proven my hypothesis, my longstanding hypothesis, that I could say I'm going to be on the 2014 U.S. Luge team and make it tomorrow because there are only three or four people in America that are willing to do it. <laughs> True? Do it. It's, right. It makes sense. Black tie. 
Very nice. Let's wrap it up with your shout-out here. Yeah, really quick, I would say another Bond is probably uh, Brady Quinn. He would probably fit that role. Brady Quinn? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds what are you talking that's about? That's the Pierce Brosnan of the NFL Bond. What are you? How, yeah, exactly. That's the Brady Quinn. Why? Because like, you think the he's type handsome? Of bond that did nothing but just womanize that Bond. <laughs> Peyton, wow. no, no, I think. See, I can't I wait think, till AJ Hawk comes back on this show to hear you say stuff. Like to that. me, Peyton Manning is the is the Timothy Dalton. Just sort of boring. I'm Come not on. Excited. I'm Damn. sorry. No. He's well. He's not a villain. I'm not going to. Right. Roger him. Moore was the. Uh, he was the saint. How about Cam Newton? He was too slapsticky. How about Cam Newton as James Bond? I think RG3 is Handsome James Devil. Bond. Yeah. Too temperamental Cam Newton, but Josh Freeman. Just want to mix yeah, it up. Yeah, but Cam Newton is like a Daniel Craig version of James Bond. You don't know. He might okay. he might flip out. And you don't know what's going to be. about uh, Idris Elber being the next Bond. I like that. So, I like him know. very much. I like that. Know. All right, Black Tie, shout out. Why don't you do it before we got we got to get Handsome Hank in here to talk some Bond? My shout-out this week, the makeup room, right? If you're a makeup artist, because I come in on Tuesdays every day to work with NFL Fantasy Live. I work with talent, so I'm usually in the makeup room prepping the guys for the show. In a way, you are talent. Well, yeah. So, the one thing I notice <laughs> is the amount of mirrors in that room. So, if you work in that room, you have to be in front of mirrors all day. And not, hey, I think I'm all right-looking guy, but to be in front of a mirror all day... <laughs> That's tough, man. That shows some of your not final spots. That's Especially if you have, like, body dysmorphia issues. Well, <laughs> it is interesting <laughs> to, to what Rank brought up at the top of the show. How do you think it makes me feel, not just a mirror, but to know that it's not just me seeing myself, but now there are other people who get to, just strangers, look at me on video, and they see what I see, <laughs> which is something disgusting. And something untowards and something that humiliates my family and, and humiliates Commissioner Goodell and everybody else. What do you think they think when they see me on camera? What do you think? Other, the, the idea that, that somebody in Topeka is probing me with their eyes and judging me. How do you think that makes me feel, Black Tie? What about this guy in Culver City? Yeah. <laughs> Who, you? You're yes. talking about? <laughs> me having to look at that. You know what? Like, where Studio 66 is going to be the next Thunderdome. We are going to <laughs> ban that door. Everybody can go on Black Tie's side, watch through the glass. We'll sell tickets, and we'll just settle all our differences. Like they did on Mad Men last season. The two guys, they just, you know. they oh, just fisticuffs, yeah. Fisticuffs. Like That's that. how we settle our differences, like men do. Put up your dukes. I Man, like that. How anytime. about you? Anytime what? Me and you? You're in a different weight class. You and I can't go. But, I, you know, I was – I will but you say, could, what if you lose, you could get back down to me, and it would be fun. <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised by the internal reaction of who would win the fight between me and Black Tie. I like that people thought I actually would stand a chance in a fight against any grown man. Most women would beat me up. Sessler, weigh in quickly. Who would win that fight? Black Tie. Black Tie. You, you don't uh, make an you eye. Just, you just told me the case. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm soft-peddling it. Maybe I'm jinxing him. Uh, it depends what the issue's over. Hanzoos, do you agree? Uh, Black Tie's younger and probably a bit Is more he? wily. Well, say. that's a, that you've really turned on a dime since last week. Last week uh, you thought Damashek had a chance. How say you right <laughs> quickly? Wait, how old is Black Tie? What year did you Who graduate high school? Like eighty five. <laughs> high school? Yeah. When he was really playing, when he was having I'm his not, prolific, I'm not, I'm not comfortable giving that his prolific basketball <laughs> okay. career was, that apparently should have w- finished. But in it was the in the eighties. You went to you graduated high school in the eighties, right? I'm not comfortable giving that information. Eight? So, okay. Yeah. No so, way. Yeah. Uh, I would think so. What is he, 42? Oh, he is. Yeah. What do you think? The onion <laughs> that is black tie continues to continues school, to be, be honest, peeled I back. I high school in 2005. Really? So you're younger than us? 
<laughs> that's that's a technicality. He was living in a different country. He got a, he got a diploma. That's, that's oh, okay. he's playing fast and loose with it on you there. Right? Oh, okay, see, I got you. See, that's why I would have a chance against you because you're not quick upstairs. You understand? Is that right? I got guile. You understand? And you mix and that grit. with the other G, grit. How then what? Then what are you going to do? Black tie. Don't <laughs> tell me to wrap it up. All right, we got to get to handsome. Hey, but hey, excuse me. ATL boys, scram, vamoose, hit the bricks, and so on. Get handsome Hank in here. Here he comes, everybody, the Dolphins' biggest fan from across the pond. It's handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. His name is handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank, he's handsome Hank, he's handsome Hank. Hello, handsome. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Thank you, Dave. Good to be here. It's a pleasure to see you, but what, pray tell, happened to your face? You look positively frightful with I, with scratch marks and such. <laughs> I do, exactly. Last night, I sat down with my one-year-old, and we watched um, some of Freddy Krueger's best movies. <laughs> and she <laughs> Good was, parenting. Well, that's actually not true, but she did decide to... Um, Try and emulate Freddy Krueger on my face with some sharp nails. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, there's nothing more emasculating than getting beaten up by your by, by your little girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she really she got me. Um, handsome, are you? Uh, by the way, kudos to you because uh, on the Twitter. People are gaga for the crisp off that we had. If you missed that, what was that episode, Black Tie? What was that episode 104, I think? 104. 104, when uh, Handsome, he had just returned, if you missed it, from his trip to London for the big game a couple weeks ago. He brought back for us a gaggle of crisps, or as we call them, chips, with bizarre flavors, exotic flavors. And I don't mind telling you, just like the late, great Jerry Orbach at the end of Dirty Dancing, he says to Patrick Swayze, when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. I thought prawn cocktail chips sounded nauseating and would make me vomit all over Studio 66. Quite the contrary. I vomited with glee. Well, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't really. But you I mean, enjoyed them. Well, pe- what, what people enjoyed, more importantly, who cares what me and Rank liked in our belly? We're not especially discerning when it comes to what we put uh, in our mouths. But that sounds wrong. But anyway, <laughs> um, people enjoyed listening to it. Yes. What an upset. Listening to, to two schlubs eat chips. Uh, is uh, is apparently appealing uh, radio or exactly. podcast. Exactly. I, I, I didn't think it was going to translate well to podcast, and I know that has never held you back from, from any of the stuff we do, but it but it seemed to. People liked it. Now, I'd like to bring more as well. I Listen, you're not going to get any argument from me. I'd like to taste test. I think black tie, see, that's, that's uh, a good idea. What we should be doing is just taste testing something Every week, yes. every episode here in Studio 66, it's November, it's the holiday season. You know what Thanksgiving's all about? Pie. Pie is what Thanksgiving... The turkey gets the headlines, and I get it. Turkey's delicious. Deep fry your bird. Hear me now, believe me later. If you've not deep fried a bird, handsome, do you celebrate Thanksgiving? <laughs> I, do, I mean, personally, um, and, and speaking on behalf of the entire United Kingdom... No, we don't celebrate But I understand. We talked about this back at, uh, around July 4th that you refused to celebrate well, that's that. Different. that's different. No, right. Well, that, that, would be, that would be ridiculous for me to celebrate that when, you know, we handed America You over, chose our over football over. people. But I, in terms of Thanksgiving, no, I don't celebrate Thanksgiving per se. But Why, though? Because 
because, that's where it all started. That's where it started to unravel for your people is because we, uh, some of, you know, our forefathers jumped on the ship. Right. And went over there and landed on Plymouth Rock. Do you know what Plymouth Rock is? Do I know what it is? Yeah. Is have it, you ever heard I, of it? Yes, of course I have. Well, I don't know if you know the story of the pilgrims and yeah, such. Yeah, of course I do. But it, I assume it's just a rock, right? That's now called Plymouth Rock. Well, to be honest, I don't know. Do you know, right? Is it a rock? <laughs> of course it is. But I mean, is it like a boulder or is it like a piece it's of a land? It's a pretty big rock, I think. It was a. It was an automobile. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think, I think that, when they got there... I'm not there, sure you're right about that. When they but. got there, they may have assumed that's all there was to America. There's just like this rock and we could just rest here. And then they realized, oh, this is actually pretty big and we, we could stick around. But wait, Thanksgiving. Yes, yes. I, I over the years, when when football... Well, when I realized that football was on it, I began to celebrate it. So whilst in the UK there aren't people celebrating Thanksgiving across the country, I would often invite some friends over, cook a chicken because turkeys aren't available at that time of year because in the, in the UK we tend to eat turkey at Christmas time. And then, So what? What does that mean? They're not available. Well, they're it? not. They're, they're, you know, I don't know. But I, turkeys aren't, aren't, you know, you can't find turkeys everywhere. In I can already tell I'm going to get hit on Twitter over the next few days here by some of your countrymen <laughs> saying, Handsome Hank, once again, does not know what he's speaking of. <laughs> I have turkey on in November, October, whenever I desire. I, don't, I think they might. I think they might not actually. You can get turkey flavored flavored crisps. Maybe I should get that out for things. Well, wasn't that it again? Our, wasn't it our friend Neil Dutton who said that you missed out with the Worcestershire well, flavored chips? See, see, actually, what he said was that I missed the Worcestershire crisps. Worcestershire. But, but he also said he wouldn't allow them to come to America. I think because they would, um, because no one can pronounce, no one here can pronounce Worcestershire no, correctly. No, no, I just so butchered you say it Worcestershire. Right there. Worcestershire is a hard word. This, yeah, yeah, it's a hard, just a hard it's word. A hard to word say. for American people. Can you guys come up with a better name for it then? Please like they just, just like a one, like how they did that. <laughs> that was a perfect little segue. That's into what their we steak do sauce. here in the a1. U.S. Everybody gets it. We're the masters of convenience. That is our contribution to the globe. We, you know, when, when the empire of the USA is done and gone, the thing that mankind will have to look back and tip its hat to America for is being for, for basically making everything easier to do. ATM machines. This is our legacy, right. you understand. You know? Fast food right. across the world. This is it's what we've done. Yeah, the UK, when they went out and conquered places, they left you know some real tangible things, but nothing like a McDonald's in, in Thailand. No one came yes. in here to hear you wave the Union Jack. All right, <laughs> let's move on then. So I'm interested in that. Maybe we should, though, do a pie-off here in front of or during Thanksgiving. You know, Black Tie, that is a good way to involve. We talked about it last week, getting Adam Carolla in here. There is no more formidable a source, a, an expert, with the possible exception of me, on pies than Adam Carolla. He loves pie. And maybe we could have a pie-off in here. I'll bring you a British pie. I don't care about that. What do you do? Meat pie? No, I'm I'm not going to ruin it now. I'm going to bring you a pie that will blow your mind. You know, next week's Thanksgiving. Are we going to get on this? Oh, or it is? Is this just something that's going to fall through the ether? Like we're going to count down jersey numbers or the fish tank or something? Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Should we do a pie off? I'll say you fish tank. Oh, they like the idea. <laughs> oh, listen. Oh, wow. they're positively <laughs> swimming with excitement about it. All right. So, handsome. Our questions today, first of all, you're a Dolphins fan. Anyone who listens to the podcast knows that. At NFL UK, Hank is the way to track him down. You're a Dolphins guy. Man, I'll tell you. 
that is a crazy loss last week. That, that, you know, uh, we're talking about more high-profile uh, surprises and who right. could have seen this coming and the way week-to-week things change. But really, how does that happen? How do you just get whipped like that 37-3? to Very disappointing. Very disappointing. I, you know, I went into it the previous week. I think I may have said uh, last week that I wasn't convinced that we that the Dolphins would be able to beat the Colts, but um, but the Titans. I had high hopes that this would be a game where not just you know Miami's won some games or a narrowly lost some games, but they've all been pretty close. I kind of want to see my team blow someone out, right? Um, but. Uh, they got blown out. Instead. And haven't we also, it's funny, though, the way, again, of the halfway through a season, eight games, whatever, into a season, the way we just assume, like, oh, the Dolphins are at home, of course. They're, they're right. going to win that game. And, 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 you know, what do we know about them ultimately? Right. So our question is, if all the QBs, all the starting QBs went down, and now there's buzz that Tannehill, like, oh, maybe he's getting his comeuppance all of a sudden, you know, he's coming back down to earth. Matt Moore, where does he stand among all the backups backup in the quarterbacks. NFL? I love the my one of my favorite debates every yes. year is who's the best backup quarterback in the NFL. I think he's top five. I think he's the kind of quarterback that, like you'd say on paper, Byron Leftwich last night. You'd think, well, Byron Leftwich, he used to be an NFL starter for a period of time. The guy knows what to do. But I like what I like about Matt Moore, who's had some starting experience, uh, you know, Carolina as as the first choice starter, if you like. But I like he's ready. He seems ready to come in and hit it. You know, pretty hard as soon as he as soon as he gets on the field. Um, there are some where it should work out, but they just don't look like they're ready to play in a game. Like Leftwich last night looked woefully underprepared and kind of may never. Well, that's be both of the Cardinals' that. starting quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Well, there's that as well. There are some teams with starting quarterbacks. Who, who what do you bad. think but, about what do you think about as a Dolphins fan about uh, Matt Flynn? You know, there there was all that talk about that he might go down there. Do you now? I get. Well, it's a silly question. I guess you're happy with the way things have gone. You're not going to. At the time, the I mean, it wasn't just me saying this. If Joe Philbin, who knew Matt Flynn better than anyone in right. the NFL, if Joe Philbin was was only willing to say, "All right, he's a free agent. I'll give him that," and you have to think that it, okay, he was brand new at that point, but Philbin probably had a pretty strong voice in that discussion. Then that kind of told us all we ever needed to know about Matt Flynn. I agree, and, 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 you know, again, we always like to talk about the human level, the human element with these things. Right. If Matt Leinert, when he was available, if Pete Carroll didn't run out and say, right. i got to have Matt Leinert, then that should be a red flag for every he, other. He did, though. Did he, though? I then he got reined back in by Houston. Like, they want. They Pete, did want Pete him, Carroll, though. Pete Carroll really did take yeah, a run at him. Took, he, took a, he took a run at him last year, but then Houston offered him more or something. You know, it was one of those situations where. They couldn't get him. So I think Pete Carroll did try to bring him in. Um, all right, Handsome. The other question that we've been talking about today, ruminating on, we heard your theme music there. So obviously yes. you're our internal authority, or at least you should be as an Englishman. On James Bond, the best James Bond there is. The best actor the to best play James Bond. The best actor to play yes. James Bond, Sean Connery, hands down. Well, not hands down, but Sean Connery. Yes. Not hands down? Not ha- not I, ha- I think it is hands down, but I think Daniel Craig is is maybe the heir to the same oh, kind really? of Bond. So he's your Connery. number two. All I right. I think Craig's my he's number two. He's coming around. I, okay, so, right, so, 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 so Connery. Right. Craig, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to give him number two for now. I love Roger Moore. Roger Moore was like my Bond right. growing up. Sure. And I like the raised eyebrow and the ha ha ha. I think Brosnan <laughs> and then Timothy Dalton. Probably at the bottom of the pile. And look, the guy. Why is he at the bottom of the pile? Why? Are you familiar with the novels? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I've read a couple of them. But don't you think his portrayal of James Bond was more accurate with the way the books were? And if you look at what Roger Moore did, I understand he's the guy that we grew up with. It started becoming slapsticky oh, yes, and cartoonish, and actually, like Octopussy was terrible. I mean, he was... Uh, see, that, I'm... No. Octopussy was terrible and was slapstick, but it somehow remains my favorite James Bond movie because it's just it's it's kind of funny. If you uh, go back and watch it, I don't know if you've seen it recently. It's it's almost farcical. But it's, very, it's it's very funny. You're Are inspiring, we sure me, about you're Black inspiring me to go back and watch it. Okay, but it seemed like Timothy Dalton was the guy who came in and kind of righted the ship, kind of well, like a guy who's a transitional guy who who like bridges quarterbacks, like kind of like when the Rams went from Ferragamo to Dieter Brock to Jim Everett, you got a guy in there in the middle who kind of stabilizes it. And then right. when you look back at it in hindsight, you're like, oh, yeah, he is. You know what? It was a little bit better than I'm we I'm going to give you credit both for the NFL reference and for the Dita Brock <laughs> reference. I think that was pretty amazing. But I don't necessarily agree. Uh, I, Rank and, pulling and I, away in the Dieter Brock he really drop. He's got, a, he's got this nailed down. What I, what the, but my, my issue more than that is with Brosnan's later film, when you've got invisible cars and all that kind of thing <laughs> that that's that that is ridiculous like as bad as 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 roger moore began to make it comical and and stupid at least there was still some action in there believable action stuff <laughs> whereas um invisible cars was just uh, that that was the low point for me all right handsome i do give him uh, credit for being in cannonball run though yes true i gotta say though i can let this other guy slide but hank being a uk guy yourself i'm surprised you don't address sean connery by his full name sir Sean Connery. There yeah. you go. Is it nice? What is with that silliness? What is with the surge? It seems like they've gotten awfully loose about who gets to be a Wait, slur. Wait, he's he's he, he saved not the him. country on a number of occasions. Not Dave. him, of course. He deserves it. But there are a lot of other ones that are kind of on the like. Who all's gotten Name, that reason? Give me one. I don't know. It Sir seems like Mick a lot Jagger. of I mean, yeah. service, you know, service to hips. There and, was a lot of and, talk um, about Beckham getting knighted at, at a point too. Did he get it? No, he will no. be eventually. Why? He's done, you know. He doesn't even make the team. He doesn't even get on the team well, he's anymore. He's 40 years old now. I mean, not a many 40 year olds. Here's the thing, though. He did a lot, of, he's done a lot of um, stuff. He, he helped get the Olympics to the UK. I think that's the kind of thing that gets He won United. an MLS Cup for us. <laughs> that as well, yeah. Handsome. All right, go ahead. What player in the NFL would you like to see play James Bond if you had to? You it's, have to. I, know, I don't know, I know why, know but it has to, to be. I know I have to, and and I don't like my answer, but I'm, and it's probably it's the most cliched one. But Tom Brady would play James Bond fairly well. Yeah, mm -hmm. I know. Yeah, there's bad. really nobody else. Who's could... the villain? Who would be who a would good? Be... Who would be? A, who who would make for good villains? Uh, I think a villain. The the important thing about a Bond villain is they have to have a slightly ridiculous name as well. And so I think and Kong Su would fit both categories of he is slightly villainous anyway mm -hmm. uh his his kind of you know how all the bond villain i will throw you to the sharks i will stomp you so that would be sue's kind of that's how he he dispatches his uh his opponents um so i think yeah maybe sue is a bad guy all right you're our authority so you're saying connery number one and you're saying octopussy is the greatest one well, ever look uh, is the, that the greatest one ever um it's the one I enjoy most. I don't think it's the best Bond film ever. Um, I, I, you know, I love uh, Goldfinger. I think that's a terrific movie, and I'm still slightly. I, I don't know the science behind. If you are dipped in gold paint, does that mean you really will die? Does your do you breathe through your skin? That's 
That's um, well, of course, the best thing about Goldfinger is when they spray the gas over the uh, military base and yeah. the plane goes over and they immediately <laughs> fall time. down. It's yeah. like, doesn't it have to take a little a bit of time, time to, to get? Go. I'm not a scientist, but right. it seems like that would be it's fast acting. Um, all right, listen, handsome Hank, a pleasure as always to see you. Let's do the pie off. I don't know if you have something. I'm going to bring a pie. I'm, Is it going to be a meat pie? No, no, I thought no, that's okay, what you I'll guys tell do. You my, my pie, and I don't think it, I've never been able to find it here, but I make it incredibly well. It's called a treacle tart. It's a pie. Effectively, it'd be the same as a pumpkin pie, but it blows a pumpkin. I'm sorry, it blows a pumpkin pie out of the water. Really? Why? Yeah. All right, I, I, I'm interested. I'm, it's you know what? Syrup. It's breadcrumbs and it's pastry, and that's that's it. I love it. I love it. All right. And by the way, we have not been doing the uniform number thing now that we've gone into triple digits here on the show. If you're a listener beyond the last couple episodes, we did one through 100. We named the player who wore the episode number best in sports history, not just NFL. And we intended to do it for we were going to do the guys who wore it worst. But I don't know. The thrill is gone. I think we're done with it, Rank. What do you yes. feel? Should we just bury that one? We can't do number six. Can, uh, special shout-out to Mark Wilson, former Raiders quarterback. Yeah, that he was deserves the one I was it. Ready. That was the one I was ready for. For a final verdict, well, let's – a bit that we haven't done, ironically, in a, a while, uh, dead or alive, one of our favorites. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's ask the doctor on call if we should continue with it. Yeah, he says it's dead. One last, let's we'll see if we can save it. How say you fish tank? Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, oh, final vote, fellas. Oh, okay, yeah, they're out on it, too. Yeah, there was a little bit of internal uh, debate. There, I want to do a show of forgotten bits. Yeah. <laughs> let's just bring them all back. I love it. A holiday special. All right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's where we could go into the... Why don't we do that? We could do that next week, too, around the pie-off. We go into the cornucopia of lost bits. Yeah. <laughs> Pull those all out. I might read a tweet for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where's that? That's on you. Handsome Hank came to the show by reading the best tweet of the week from an NFL player. Whatever happened to that? We really should get back to that. I like that. That was a fun thing. All right. Listen. So... Handsome Hank, Black Tie Behind the Glass, the ATL Boys, Daniel Jeremiah, thanks to all of them, Adam Rank, a pleasure as always. So we'll be back later in the week with another episode for you. We're lining some things up. We'll get into uh, Ravens and uh, Steelers coming up, Bears and Niners, all that jazz. We'll see uh, if we can track anybody down in here to yap with us on it. But in the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, 
creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. 